He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I hope you're well. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Did you miss me? I missed you, this big national family we have here. I hope you had a wonderful time. The government is repulsive. Many individuals in the government are unconscionable. And what's happening now is we have something that is really bizarre and evil, which is an administration, a media, an educational system that is both sabotaging our country and betraying us. Sabotaging and betraying. We're going to get to uh, Tony Fauci. A little later in the program, he was on all three network Sunday shows. Meet the Depressed, Deface the Nation, and George Stephanopoulos is Weak. All three on Sunday. So they all work together. The American Marxists, the media, the bureaucrats, the Democrat Party, and so forth. Which is why we have the politicization of science. And autocracy is the response Uh, from the politicians in that party, and from rhinos. And they ignore the science. Obviously, Florida's doing something right. Florida has the least number of cases and deaths. It has the number one best record in the nation. Despite the fact it's a hub for people coming into this country, including from the third world and the Caribbean in particular. Texas has the fourth best record. Now, it wasn't that long ago when Joe Biden and the rest of the idiots were trashing the governors of both of those states, DeSantis and Abbott. Now their words don't pass the lips of Joe Biden, his press idiot, his uh, autocrats, or the media. 
or meet the depressed, deface the nation, and George Stephanopoulos is weak. None of them said, hey, look, you used to attack DeSantis. He has the best record in the country. You used to attack Abbott. He has the fourth best record in the country. Vermont has the highest number of vaccinated people. It has one of the worst records in the country. How do you square these things as scientists and medical professionals? But they don't ask them questions like that. And they're not going to. Sabotage and betrayal. Maybe I should have kept that to myself. Maybe that's my next book, Mr. Producer. Biden to increase U.S. oil lease fees 50% while accusing big oil of anti-competitive activities. This is Breitbart, but it's all over the news because that's what they're planning on doing. Oil leases, they would increase them 50%. If you're communist China, fascistic Russia, Islamo-Nazi Tehran, or the inbred in North Korea, you are cheering. Or the inbreds who run Saudi Arabia, you are cheering. You can't believe your good luck that the American Marxists in the United States have a mouthpiece in the Oval Office and throughout his administration where they're literally going to further cripple the American fossil fuel industry. They're going to further cripple the American fossil fuel industry while the price of gasoline, natural gas, oil, all petroleum products are going through the roof. While inflation is not only going through the roof, it's going to get worse and it's going to last longer. And so the reaction by Biden and his comrades is to make it worse, to sabotage our oil industry, to sabotage our oil industry, and to betray the American people. Under this false flag of climate change, under this false flag of We're going to transition. Well, we haven't transitioned. And who exactly is going to do the transitioning? I'm not talking about gender here. Who's going to do the transitioning? Who? The administration? Just because they throw hundreds of billions of dollars around? Doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. It can't work that way. There is no transitioning going on, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there's little spurts and starts here and there. Little companies trying to get off the ground with massive amounts of government subsidies at the federal and state level. But there's no brand new great technology. We would have heard about it already. In the meantime, they're sabotaging us. The Democrat Party is sabotaging the country. And by the way, not just in this area, but that's where I'm focused right now. You would raise, you would raise by 50% the fees to drill on federal lands for oil leasing. And by the way, just because you get an oil lease doesn't mean you're going to find oil. It's an extremely expensive process. So the same companies that helped develop fracking, that helped develop fracking, that drove down the price of oil and oil products, that made us energy independent, patriotic companies with patriotic Americans working there, getting oil and soot under their fingernails, hard hats, working oil rigs, truckers, people who work the trains, on and on and on, blue-collar workers, providing all the energy 
for the elites and the white-collar workers. You're going to attack them as unpatriotic? These companies are unpatriotic? They're so unpatriotic that prior to this presidency, fuel prices were low. They were affordable. We had energy independence. We didn't have to rely on Russia and Saudi Arabia or anybody else. Now home heating oil prices are going to go up. The New England area, the Northeast, obviously parts of the Midwest and Southeast and etc. Going to be terrible. Terrible. This is how they, they talk about the middle class and the poor people, how they're going to take care of them. Energy equity, environmental equity. This is what they do. They drag everybody down. This is absolutely outrageous. So, so the Biden administration, Biden, Harris, and the rest of them, they're going to make the price of fuel even higher. They're going to reduce the domestic supply even more. Even more. As they write at Breitbart, the Biden-Harris administration is recommending Congress hike the cost of oil leases on government lands from 12.5% to 18.75%. The 6.25% point royalty rate increase on oil companies contradicts the administration's promise to lower gasoline prices. Biden-Harris administration have asked OPEC to increase oil supplies. They asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate oil companies for so-called anti-competitive behavior. How come nobody can investigate the Democrat Party and the federal government and the bureaucracy for anti-competitive behavior? That's what they're all about. That's what they're all about. And what's the federal government going to do with this money? Piss it away, as it always does. As it always does. An increased royalty rate would be the first rate hike since 1920. And so there's Biden bending over backwards to the degrowthers, the American Marxist movement. It's really unbelievable what's taking place in this country. Now, I want to talk briefly about climate change. I'm going to talk briefly. I try to use these occasions to go a little deeper and a little broader. And there was a magnificent piece, really great piece, by Norman Rogers. And it was great because it was thorough, but it was brief, relatively speaking. Originally in the American Thinker, the profound junk science of climate. A couple of days ago. When we come back, I really want you to listen to this because everything that's being done is being done on a fantasy, on a fraud, on a theory, driving an ideology. It's the war against capitalism. It's the war against you, the working people of this nation. It's the war against private property. It's the war against home ownership, against vehicles. They want you in these tiny little compartments, using public transportation, you know, like Moscow, 1937. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. folks speaking of books american marxism has sold more books than obama's latest book but obama's latest book is like number nine on the new york times bestseller list and mine is not on it anymore just so you understand what's going on my publisher informed me today that american marxism will be in costco another week or two it's been there really a record amount of time came out on july 13th and it's been there since as you know, Costco doesn't have a very big table. And uh, I want to thank them for all the support they've given to the book, but I want you to know it's not going to be there long. It will remain at Barnes & Noble. It will remain at, at uh, Walmart, at uh, Target, at Sam's Club, at all these other places. It will remain there as far as we know. Now, here's what I wanted to tell you. I've been chomping at the bit to tell you this because it's since Thursday, and I haven't been on the air since Wednesday. If you go to Amazon.com right now, the book is 50% off. 50, that's the highest it's ever been. It's $14 for a hardback copy of American Marxism, the number one book of 2021. Did you know it's the number one book of 2021? Yes, because you listen to this program. You listen to any other program on radio, any program on TV, virtually any website, and you wouldn't know that. Conservative, radical kook, anything. You wouldn't know it. This is the number one book of 2021 fiction and nonfiction. It's 50% off for the holidays. Now, Amazon is very fickle. They could change that in 15 minutes. So I want to strongly encourage you, get over there if that's what you want to do for Christmas. Hanukkah just started. Happy Hanukkah to my Jewish friends. Hanukkah has started. Christmas is 26 days away by my calculation. So everything is appearing now. 50% 50% off for a copy of American Marxism. If you wanted to give it for a gift, it's $14 off. In other words, it costs $14. You can't get a fast food meal for two people for $14. So now is the time to jump in if you have not. I'm quite serious about this. It's time, it's time to save money. So the retail price is $28. Bucks. The best I've ever seen it cut down to was $16 and 50 or 60 or 80 cents, something like that. It's 14 bucks. 14 bucks. All right. And I hope you got to watch the f- interview with me and uh, my interview of Donald Trump on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday. It was the uh, part one. We have part two this coming Sunday. And he was fantastic. And I think he's fantastic because when you're not taking cheap shots, you're not going through the Democrat talking points or the Republican talking points, and you ask the gentleman a few questions, you can see how insightful he is, how substantive he is, how, how intelligent he is, and he has an opportunity to speak. That's what I do on my show. That's why it's different. And so um, uh, we went more than the hour, and so we continued, and uh, it'll be uh, the major part 
of next Sunday's show where he has very, very interesting things to say. It said very many interesting things, but I noticed not a single newsroom in America picked it up because it was positive. Because it was positive. Otherwise, they would have gone nuts with it, of course. Plus, I'm detested. That's the other reason. All right. Let's begin now. We'll have to do continue after the bottom of the hour. The profound junk science of climate. And I have discussed this at great length, even in liberty and tyranny. Almost 13 years ago, Norman Rogers, climate change prophecy hangs its hat on computer climate models. The models have gigantic problems. According to Kevin uh, Trenberth, once in charge of modeling at the National Center for Atmospheric Research, none of the models correspond even remotely to the current observed climate of the Earth. The models can't properly model the Earth's climate, but we're supposed to believe that if carbon dioxide has a certain effect on the imaginary Earths of the many models, it will have the same effect on the real Earth. The climate models, and you know, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, as well as Levin TV, I've had many guests discuss this. The climate models are an exemplary representation of confirmation bias. The psychological tendency to suspend one's critical faculties in favor of welcoming what one expects or desires. Climate scientists can manipulate numerous adjustable parameters of the models that be changed to tune a model to give a good result, quote-unquote, good in the sense of what result they want. Technically, a good result would be that the climate model output can match past climate history. But that good result competes with another kind of good result. That other good result is a prediction of a climate catastrophe. The sort of so-called good result has elevated the social and financial status of climate science into the stratosphere. In other words, it's now become an ideological pursuit and a financial pursuit. Once money and status started flowing into climate science because of the disaster its denizens were predicting, there was no going back. Imagine that a climate scientist discovers gigantic flaws in the models and the associated science. Do not imagine that his discovery would be treated respectfully and evaluated on its merits. That would open the door to reversing everything that has been so wonderful for climate scientists, who would continue to throw billions of dollars a year at climate science if there were no disasters to be prevented. They wouldn't, is the point. I want to continue. This is very important. We'll be right back. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. That's too bad. Lee Elder, who used to play golf when I used to watch it, has passed away. He was 87. I don't know if he was the first African-American golfer. Probably not, but he was a great golfer. And he was a lot of fun to watch. I'm sorry to hear that. And a very decent, classy guy, too. This is when Americans tried to get along with Americans. And if some Americans weren't being treated right, tried to do something to address that. What's going on today is absolutely disgusting and evil. But let me continue where I was. See, I'm not your typical host. A typical host would have been done with this issue and moved on to five others by now. Uh, uh, uh. Tap the brakes. 
I want to move back to climate change. Let me say again, once money and status, American thinker, started flowing into climate science because of the disaster its denizens were predicting, there was no going back. Imagine that a climate scientist discovers gigantic flaws in the models, and some have, many have, in the associated science. Do not imagine that his discovery would be treated respectfully and evaluated on the merits. That would open the door to reversing everything that's been so wonderful for climate scientists. Who would continue to throw billions of dollars a year at climate scientists if there were no disasters to be prevented? No, the discoverer of any flaw would be demonized and attacked as a pawn of evil interests. Richard Lindzen and Roy Spencer come to mind, and there are many, many others. Even in my latest book, American Marxism, I have a chapter, as you know, on climate change fanatics. That's what I call it. Climate change fanaticism. And those gentlemen, among others, are very, very important. There are many more skeptical scientists keeping quiet in varying degrees. Testing a model against past history and assuming that it will then predict the future is a methodology that invites failure. The failure starts when the modeler adds more adjustable parameters to enhance the model. At some point, one should ask if we're fitting a model or doing simple curve fitting. If the model has denigrated into curve fitting, it very likely won't have serious predictive capability. Now, a strong indicator that climate models are well into the curve fitting regime is the use of ensembles of models. The International Panel on Climate Change, part of the UN, the IPCC, averages together numerous models and ensemble in order to make a projection of the future. Ask why they did this rather than try to pick the best model. They say that the ensemble method works better. Why would averaging worse models with the best model make the average better than the best? This is contrary to common sense, but according to the mathematics of curve fitting, if different models of fitting the same multidimensional data are used, and each method is independent but imperfect, averaging together the fits will indeed give a better result. So in other words, averaging together defective models somehow makes them better. It works better because there's a mathematical artifact coming from having too many adjustable parameters that allow the model to fit nearly anything. Well, one may not be surprised that the various models disagree dramatically, one with another, about the Earth's climate, including how big the supposed global warming catastrophe will be. But no model, except perhaps one from Russia, denies the future catastrophe. And I did a show on Life, Liberty, and Levin several years ago on this. And it turns out the Russian model has been the most accurate. You know why? Because Russia doesn't fund climate change, radicalism, and extremism. It's not because their scientists are smart or smarter. It's because they don't politicize the process. There's a political reason for using ensembles in order to receive the benefits Flowing from predicting a climate catastrophe, climate science must present a united front. That is, a unified front. Dissenters have to be canceled and suppressed. If the IPCC were to select the best models, dozens of other modeling groups would be left out. They would no doubt form a dissenting group questioning the authority of those that gave the crown to one particular model. With ensembles, every group gets to participate in a rewarding conspiracy against humanity. And I might add... Every group gets to participate in the massive amount of money that is being spent on this. 
Fitting the model to eliminate, excuse me, fitting the model to climate history comes up against the fact that past climate history is poorly documented or even unknown. There are scientific groups that specialize in examining and summarizing the vast trove of past climate history. Their summaries, improving on, uh, their summaries improve on the original date in ways that always seem to support global warming catastrophe. The website realclimatescience.com specializes in exposing this tampering with climate history. Because so much of climate history is unknown. Climate influencing aerosols, the modelers have to make up, as an example, the missing history. Each modeler is free to make up his own history. So the various models fit different assumed past climates. It would be very surprising if modelers weren't manipulating their fabricated climate to make their models behave better. Scientists are always cautioned not to fall in love with a theory or a method. If they do, they will lose their objectivity. Facts that support their love will be celebrated. Facts that cast doubt on their love will be ignored or forgotten. But if you spend years, even decades, married to a modeling methodology, divorce becomes less and less likely. And I might add, the money is enormous if you push this agenda. If you don't, you get no funds. It dries up. The push back better, build back better, Bill, they don't give money to any scientist or any organization that questions climate change or man-made climate change or, or that the world is heating and therefore we're all going to hell. Not a cent. The National Academy of Sciences is a private organization in Washington that touts itself as the science advisor to the government. Their advice has some common threads. They never criticize the scientific establishment, and they always promote spending more money on science. Like the teachers' unions, they pretend to support the common good, but actually promote their constituency's special interests. The Academy sponsored a report on the future of uh, climate modeling. They apparently saw nothing wrong with staffing the study committee for professional climate modelers, that is, the people who are doing the modeling. The report advocated more money for climate modelers and urged hiring professional public relations people to present their results to the public. The purported climate catastrophe ahead is 100% junk science. If the unlikely climate catastrophe actually happens, it'll be coincidental that it was predicted by climate scientists. Most of the supporting evidence is fabricated. There is no out-of-the-ordinary climate change taking place. The constant comparisons of the current climate with pre-industrial climate are nonsense because according to climate theory and the models, the effect of CO2 was extremely minor before 1975. Since 1975, nothing points to a climate catastrophe or a new long-term trend. The fake climate catastrophe has spawned a fake energy paradigm, replacing fossil fuels with wind and solar electricity. Wind and solar are claimed to be cheaper than traditional sources of electricity, but non-fake accounting reveals that wind or solar electricity costs five, even ten times more than traditional electricity, exclusive, of course, of government subsidies and mandates. The reason it costs so much is that the erratic nature of wind and solar requires maintaining the traditional electricity generating system intact and ready to operate when wind and solar fail. Solar fails every night, every cloudy day, and more often in winter. Wind fails at random times or some of predictable times and often has a seasonal cycle. If the renewable energy advocates were logical, they would be advocating for nuclear. Nuclear is reliable, does not produce CO2. 
but they oppose nuclear too, folks. Climate change and wind and solar electricity are snipe hunts, diverting the country from serious problems in favor of imaginary problems with imaginary solutions that enrich the promoters and their political friends with status and money. Norman Rogers has a master's degree in physics and uh, was on the board of the National Association of Scholars and so forth. Now, back to context. Joe Biden and his band of merry comrades, the Reds in this administration, are going to drive up the cost of fossil fuels even more by driving up the the cost of oil drilling on federal lands. That is, federal leases are going to be massively increased, the cost, by 50%. At the same time, gasoline at the pump is going up. At the same time, they're telling us that home eating costs are going to go up 50% or so. At the same time. And then he says it's the industry that's ripping you off. The same industry that's asking the drill. The same industry that wants to produce. The same industry that developed fracking. The same industry that made America energy independent with the policies of the, of the uh, Trump administration. They're sabotaging us, this government, this Democrat party. Whether it's our classrooms with critical race theory, whether it's the nuclear family with the, with the uh, trans movement, or whatever you want to call it. Every aspect of this society is under attack. Because they are sabotaging us. They are sabotaging us from within. There's simply no question about this. More when I return. Mark in. America's had pandemics. We didn't shut down our economy. We tried to build up our economy. We didn't subsidize people not to work. We insisted that people work harder. Our people on their own worked harder. We didn't crawl into a corner of our basement wearing masks and paper bags over our heads and rubber boots and goggles until the government said the coast was clear. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. We didn't insist that people commit harry-carry against their own small businesses or their churches or their synagogues and self-destroy them and then claim that's all righteous, that's all science. What's going on right now is worse than medieval. It's worse than medieval. And we have a man who had every single Network Sunday show. Hey, uh, Tony Fauci. Every single Sunday show. Who is so busy promoting himself. The fact is the guy's a quack. If he were, could be sued, he'd be sued for malpractice by millions of people. The guy's a quack, in my humble opinion. Just my opinion. 
Mr. Producer, let's get Scott Atlas on the program, perhaps Wednesday. He's got a new book out. I, I think now's the time for some sober thinking from somebody who's been a real scientist for a long time, not a bureaucrat who's managed to claw his way to the top at a young age and, and retain his position. I don't believe in medical fascism or scientific fascism, ladies and gentlemen. But this is apparently what we have, and a lot of it. Now, first of all, I want to remind you of the Democrats. Just a year ago, just a year ago, on the vaccine, on the vaccine, cut three, go. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, it's going to be for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You've got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. We had a full-scale Democrat Party, Democrat media propaganda campaign against vaccines in order to try and take out Trump. Full-scale. Full-scale. And they were so loathsome as to insist time and time again with their graphics on the monitor. You know I kept pointing it out. The graphics on the monitor. The graphics on the monitor. Look what they're doing. We've never seen anything like this before where there's a pandemic and they blame a president and that's all purposeful. And then Biden's in office and they stop. 
More people have died from this virus under Biden in the last year than under Trump in his last year. And Biden has three vaccines and therapeutics developed initially during Operation Warp Speed that obviously Trump did not have. And as I've said many times, and I'll say it again, whether here on my Sunday show, Hannity, wherever, how is it that Joe Biden's not responsible for every single death that is now occurring? More when I... Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, yellow, yellow, 877 What do climate change, quote-unquote, critical race theory, quote-unquote, and COVID have in common? They're intended to freak you out. And if the American Marxist gets what he or she wants, they should freak you out. But here we are now. Omicron. Omicron? Isn't that the... The president of France? No, it's Macron. Omicron? Oh my God, there's Omicron! There's an Omicron variant, ladies and gentlemen. There's a uh, Omicron variant out there. We don't know a lot about it, but we better prepare for the worst. Get your goggles, your paper bags, get your, get your rubber boots. Get ready. Practice, practice being in the fetal position in the corner of your basement. If you don't have a basement, use the attic. It's time to store as much toilet paper as you possibly can. What could go wrong? Toilet paper and ketchup. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this. This is from Reuters. Not particularly reputable, but nonetheless Reuters. Johannesburg... That would be South Africa. A South African doctor who was one of the first to suspect a different coronavirus strain among patients said yesterday that the symptoms are different from the dominant Delta variant and are, quote, very mild, unquote. Very mild. They're very mild. Now designated Omicron by the World Health Organization, the variant was detected and announced by South Africa's National Institute of Communicable Diseases on November 25th from samples taken from a laboratory from November 14 to November 16. The, uh, the doctor said a patient on November 18 reported at her clinic being extremely fatigued for two days with body aches and a headache. Symptoms at that stage were very much related to normal viral infection. And because we haven't seen COVID-19 for the past 8 to 10 weeks, we decided to test, she said, adding that the patient and his family turned out to be positive. 
The same day, more patients came in with similar symptoms, which was when she realized there was something else going on. Since then, she's seen two to three patients a day. How many patients does Dr. Fauci see, Mr. Producer? None. I don't see any. I'm too busy. I'm Mr. Science. I defend science. We've seen a lot of Delta patients during the third wave, and this doesn't fit in the clinical picture, she said. Adding she alerted her association on the same day with the clinical results. Most of them are seeing very, very mild symptoms. None of them so far have admitted patients to surgeries. We've been able to treat these patients conservatively at home. The doctor said, who's also a ministerial advisory committee on vaccines, unlike the Delta, so far patients have not reported loss of smell or taste, and there's been no major drop in oxygen levels with the new variant, so it feels like the flu. Her experience so far has been the variant is affecting people who are 40 or younger. Almost half the patients with Omicron symptoms that she treated were not vaccinated. Those predominant clinical complaint is severe fatigue for one or two days. With them, the headache and the body aches and pain. That's the most serious complaints that she gets. That's the most serious complaints. Now, with this in mind, and Fauci knows nothing, knows absolutely nothing. He's on every Sunday show. Hurry up, get Fauci. My God, the ratings are down. We got to hype it. Come on, everybody. Come on, come on. Let's go. So here he is, Tony Fauci on ABC's This Week with Week Stephanopoulos. Eight, cut eight, go. Expect to be seeing more lockdowns again, new lockdowns, more mandates. Why, why, why does he jump to this? How about what do you know? When did you know it? And what can you tell us? No, no, no. Should we expect to be seeing more lockdowns again, new lockdowns, more mandates? Yes, yes. More tyranny, more totalitarianism. Yes. This is your media today. Corrupt as hell. Just corrupt. Narcissists. Egomaniacs. And what does Fauci say? Go. You know, I don't know, George. It's really too early to say. We just really need to, as I've said so often, prepare for the worst. And it may not be that we're going to have to go the route that people are saying. We don't know a lot about this virus, so we want to prepare as best as we can But it may turn out that this preparation, although important, may not necessarily push us to the next level. Well, what what is the preparation exactly? What's the preparation? What do you want us to do? What do you want to get vaccinated? Well, they just said half the people who got it in South Africa are under 40 and were not vaccinated. Do you know what that means, Mr. Producer? Half the people were vaccinated. Hello, hello. I wasn't necessarily the top student when it came to calculus, but I can do basic math. God, did I hate math. I figured growing up, that's what accountants are for. Why do I have to learn this stuff? Go ahead. Lockdowns, people talking about that. Let's see what the information that we're getting in real time tells us. He's on TV. He doesn't have the data. He doesn't have the substance, doesn't have the facts. And so all he's doing is shooting from the hip. This is what he would. Let's wait and see. Uh, Let's wait. That's when we get the facts, when we get more information. Uh, 
But is that all he said on Sunday? Now here he is on Deface the Nation. Cut nine, go. Senator Cruz told the Attorney General you should be prosecuted. Yeah. (laughs) I have to laugh at that. (laughs) I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? Wow, he prepared for that one. And what did happen on January 6th? What did he do, dummy? You see how political this guy is? What did he do? I should be prosecuted. What the hell? (laughs) Sounds like a cackling uh, Kamala. But the truth is, nobody died on Ted Cruz's watch. Ted Cruz isn't running the infectious disease operation of the National Institutes for Health. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear goggles. Stay in your house. Hide under the table. Wear a mask when you're taking a crap. Wear, you know, do this. Do, this, do what I tell you. I'm Mr. Science. Come on now. The best guy at this has been Cuomo. What? What? Go ahead. Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President what, Trump? What, what is this? Seriously, what is this? What is he on there for? He knows not a damn thing about this variant. Nothing. They're asking him questions to attack Republicans who are questioning his integrity under oath, which they should. Because he has said things under oath that are not true. Hello, lies. Gain of function? Uh, Of course we didn't... uh, wasn't called gain of functions. It's called gain of munchkin. What? Yeah, munchkins. We were concerned about munchkins. All right, let's move on. Meet the depressed with the biggest dummy of them all, Schmuck Todd. They're finally realizing that on our my friends at Fox. Finally, finally realizing it, and they should. This guy, you know, a couple of years ago, I think I've had in my last three books, he's such a moron, where he pronounces and proclaims that we will not be having anybody on the program anymore who denies climate change, the real science. I said, this guy, he's got a fourth grade science education. He's got a haircut of a, uh, of a toddler. He's got the mind of a uh, sponge. And he's now decided what we can hear, what we can't hear. Despite the fact there are geniuses from MIT and Harvard and other places that have serious questions about all this. No, I, Chuck Todd, uh, I have decided, in my infinite wisdom, that if you don't agree with me, you're a denier, using that Holocaust term. Now, of course, Chuck's wife is a rabid Democrat. Rabid Democrat. And Chuck's thinking to himself, gee whiz. No, I better not say what I'm thinking. So here's Anthony Fauci, no doubt going to get tough questions on Meet the Depressed. Now, you've heard all day long, I haven't listened, not to a whistle, but I guess you've heard all day long about the contradiction about Biden accusing Trump of racism because he stopped travel from communist China, which after all is where the virus came from. Are we allowed to say that? No, we're not. All right. Came from white supremacists. Sorry. White supremacists it came from. Not China. It was white supremacists in Idaho. Anyway, so um, you're not allowed to talk about that. So Fauci 
also, Trump has told me, oppose the ban. Now he's all for it. Ah, you're going to have this ban. Now this ban, keep in mind, this has a mild impact according to the place that first noticed it and the doctor that first noticed it. The South African doctor. In fact, her words were very mild symptoms. You get fatigued. No, no offense. Isn't that like a bureaucrat in Washington, D? They're fatigued all the time. I don't know what's going on there. I'm so tired, Frank. Yeah. How many days till I retire? 10,212. Oh, okay. What's that, like 30 years or something? I don't know. I don't know. People walking around fatigued all the time. They don't want to work. They want to be subsidized. Uh, They have rights because of their race. They have rights because of their age. They have rights because uh, who knows why. We're handing out rights left and right. I would like one. May I have one, please? Here we are. Meet the depressed. Go. Thank goodness that the South Africans are really extraordinarily good in what they did. They were completely transparent right from the beginning. We were on the phone getting real-time mm-hmm. information for them on Friday. And uh, what did you get? What, what's, did she tell you it was very mild? Why are you on every Sunday show? You're not even talking medicine or science. What's up with you? Remember how they used to talk about how this guy was a tremendous athlete in college, Mr. Do you remember this? He was a tremendous basketball player. He's about 4-3. He was a tremendous, tremendous basketball player. Then he goes out on the mound with a hard ball, and he throws it to the first baseman. No, no, it's the catcher. Well, my hand, my elbow, you know, my foot. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't understand what took place. I didn't see the chiropractor. You know, you go, that guy was an athlete. Throw it to the catcher, and he throws it to the first baseman. Go ahead. ...to them again today. So we have an advantage of this. We have an up on it. We know what's going on. We're getting more... more so what's info- going on? Go ahead. ...real time. When you, when you diminish or stop or block travel from a particular country, yeah. there's a reason for that. It's Whoa! To get- Really? Now there's a reason for it. When Trump did it, it was racism. Now, ladies and gentlemen, would we not be so far better off in every respect in this country if Trump were in the Oval Office and Biden were still in his basement? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. I mean, I understand Bill Kristol has a, uh, a head injury these days. I think he does. And I understand the guys who resigned from Fox right before they got kicked in the ass out the door, I'm told. I, I understand that they're profoundly more righteous than, than anybody else. Uh, but nonetheless, is there any question when it comes to China or Russia, when it comes to Iran or the Middle East, when it comes to energy independence and the economy, securing the border, Support for the police, support for the... Is there any question whatsoever? Trump wasn't sabotaging the country. He loves the country. Loves it. Let's go back. Go ahead. Time to do things. So don't let this... this uh, uh, What are you it, rambling on about, you, you buffoon? What are you rambling on about? You only, hey, yeah, yeah. Does he sound like a scientist to you? 
Yeah, a mad scientist. But I mean, a real scientist. Does it sound like a real... When you go to a doctor, they're going, eh, bought us time. You might want to sit over here instead of over there. Cover your face. You know, keep your pants on. Uh, don't tilt your head that way. What is this? A medieval doctor? What's next? Leeching? What's, what, what's next? Seriously. When's the last time you had a patient? Never. Here you have one of the top experts and doctors in South Africa. She has patients. She is patient. This is how she came across the variant. The Omicron variant. Fauci, we were on the phone with them. It was unbelievable how transparent they were. Just terrific. What'd she say? Well, it's too early. To t- she said it's very mild, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ramaphosa. Hello, hello. No, that's not part of the um, various makeup and so forth out there. Cyril Ramaphosa. Have you ever heard of Cyril Ramaphosa, Mr. Producer? How about Mr. Call Screener? He's very busy. Well, he's the president of South Africa today, and he's ticked off. Joe Biden picked eight African countries. Eight African countries, eight black countries, essentially, to put a travel ban out there. And there's no doubt, I didn't hear anything, every talk show host in America on TV and radio has pointed that out to you. Now, if Joe Biden were Donald Trump, you know that they'd be calling him a racist. And here's the thing. Joe Biden actually has a racist history. That's right. He was a segregationist. He threw in with the two Mississippi former plantation owners. He likes to talk about Charlottesville. Uh, Charlottesville had nothing to do with race when it came to Trump. Oh, I know. The lib media, the Democrats, their little websites get all worked up about it. But the fact is the president did not support the Klan or neo-Nazis. None of them. It was a horrible death that took place there as well. But here he is. Cut 13, go. We call upon these countries that have imposed travel bans on our country and our other Southern African sister countries to immediately and urgently reverse their decisions. Now, these restrictions are completely unjustified and unfairly discriminate against our country and our Southern African sister countries. I think that's a fair point. Particularly when that doctor in South Africa said that the variant has very mild symptoms. Countries are South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Lesotho, Eswatini, Mozambique, and Malawi. I understand Malawi is beautiful, by the way. You just can't visit it. All right, I shall return. Lofin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You got that right. Peter Ducey, henceforth, will be known as the Deuce. 
The deuce is on the job at the White House. Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today, the spokes idiot for the idiot in the Oval Office. Cut 12, go! Before Joe Biden was president, he said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. So what changed? Well, I would say first, to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he now stop. called. See how they had to get, they had to sit around a table early in the morning or late last night. What are we going to do, you know? The nitwit that we work for. He's taken two sides of the same issue. What do we do? Blame Trump. Oh, yes. Got it. Blame Trump. That's why we attack Trump. Blame Trump. Go. The coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of re- travel restrictions. who he directed it at. It's to whom he directed it. Go ahead those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. Okay, we saw the president shopping indoors on Saturday behind glass that says face covering required, but his face was uncovered. Why? The president is uh, somebody who follows uh, the, the recommendations and the advice of the CDC. I don't know what the circumstances were of that particular. The circumstances moment. were he wasn't wearing a mask in a store that said wear a mask, and he was seen through a window. Those were the circumstances. Very complicated. In other words, he's a fraud and he's a hypocrite. He walks out in the middle of the stage behind a microphone with a mask on. Nobody's within 50 feet of him. Oh, hey, Joe, oh, Joe. Notice nobody says, take the mask off, we can't understand you, because they can't understand him when the mask is on or off. The mask, okay. But there he is in a store, and he's not wearing a mask. If anyone should wear a mask, trust me, it's him. Go ahead. Shopping in a store, and on the glass outside it said face covering required, and we could see him inside, and his face was uncovered. Well, again, Peter, our recommendation and advice continues to be for people to wear uh, He didn't masks. ask you about what other people should do. He asked you, spokes idiot, about the idiot for whom you speak, or you speak at, I guess is the common lingo. Go ahead. In establishments, I don't know what this establishment was. The president obviously follows the health. The What's the difference? Of- what the establishment was, or is, for that matter. What's the difference? It was indoors. The sign said wear a mask. He goes indoors. He's not wearing a mask. We're not talking about Ernie Grabatsky. We're not talking about Sally Smith. We're not talking about Mohammed Goldberg. We're talking about him. Joseph Robinette Biden. Lunch bucket show. Go ahead. Is, team. Is there concern that when the president says today, please wear your mask indoors in public settings around other people, and he doesn't do that, that it's going to make it harder to get people to follow him? I no, think no, see- of course not. You don't understand the circumstances, Deuce. No. The circumstances. You don't understand the circumstances. Follow the CDC guidelines. Go ahead. 
And people and all of you see the president wearing a mask every time he comes out to an event, when he's sitting in meetings, and certainly he will continue to model behavior. He hopes the American people will follow, not for his benefit, but to save their own lives and the lives of their friends and neighbors. Well, let me say this about Joe Biden trying to save our lives. This is a great man, Joe Biden, trying to save our lives. I don't know how he got out of the Vietnam draft. Maybe he's pigeon-footed or something. I don't know. Nobody ever wants to talk about that. It's always Trump, Trump, you know, Trump this and Trump. Yeah, we only wish Trump were there. Oh, but the tweets, the Trump tweets, oh my. Yeah, right, okay. You didn't get an answer, did you? Because Joe is a liar. He's always been a liar. He's a pathological liar, so she is too. It projects on the entire staff and the entire government. They lie about everything. You got people coming across the border, left and right and right and left. By the, there's so many we can't keep count. The border's closed. It's secure. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't notice that. We have inflation raging months ago. As it's temporary. Then it's, it's, it's for your betterment. It, it, it just shows they want other clowns. But it, it just shows the economy's back. Don't sweat it. Now inflation's through the roof. Uh, oil companies, get the uh, go, get them, get them, get the oil companies. What are you talking about? Oh, the truth shall set you free. Then we had trillions. We're going to spend trillions and trillions, like drunken Marxists. And you know what? It won't add one penny to the debt. Oh, not one penny, not a penny. No way. What with all the pay-fors? Don't you love the way they talk? All the pay-fors. Pay-fors? No pay-fors. Pay-fors? No pay-fors. All the pay-fors we have. Oh, yeah. We're going to have all kinds of taxes on American business. And if they say they can't compete, they're liars. Go get them. Get them. Get them. Oh, okay. The pay-fors. I don't know what a pay-for is, but it's a pay-for. And, uh, and it's going to be zero. everybody who took Economics 101 and even, even left the course halfway in the semester. Freshmen. High schoolers. No, this isn't adding up. Joe Biden, no. And then all of them repeated. That's right. Zero. Yeah, zero, zero, zero. You even have clowns of the New York Times on MSLSD or the Constipated News saying, oh, I understand it's going to be, uh, you know, pay for pay for what's a pay for a pay for no a pay for oh a pay for i see and so the truth is a lie and the lie is the truth when it comes to these frauds another reporter dared to inquire cut 11 go the president insisted that the travel ban on south africa um doesn't punish them in neighboring countries, but South Africa's leaders say it does. Um, how long does the White House envision that travel ban staying in place? We will continue to assess it. I, I would say that the objective here is not to punish. It is to protect the American people. From as what? You how come when the objective was to protect the American people from the Wuhan China virus, you couldn't say Wuhan, you couldn't say China, you couldn't even say virus. It's COVID-19. Excuse me, COVID-19, COVID-19, 
What are you, white supremacist? That's COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19. Yes, COVID-19. Well, what does that mean? It doesn't matter. It's COVID-19. Okay, COVID-19. Trump says, all right, we're going to stop it at the source. We're not going to... You racist, you white supremacist, you obviously hate Chinese and Asians, and they used it all in their campaign ads. It's like when he was trying to secure the country from certain terrorist states that were majority Muslim, but the vast majority of the Muslim population in the world was unaffected by it. It didn't matter. You're anti-Muslim. Oh, look at that. He's a racist. Not only that, he's an anti-Semite. Oh, yes, he's an More progress made with Israel, more progress made. He's got kids who are Jewish. He's got grandkids. But he's the anti-Semite, not Biden. And what? And by the way, I'm going to spend a good amount of time on it. If I don't get to it today, I will get to it tomorrow. What's going on with Iran and this administration? Unbelievable. Unfriggin' believable. We want to protect the American people. That's why we're helping the Iranians have nuclear warheads. So they can hit our largest cities. Yes. We believe in equity. What are you, a white supremacist? Well, yeah, you don't think the Iranians in and, and, and Tehran, you don't think that regime should have nuclear weapons? We believe in equity. Yes, we do. All right, go ahead. And say, uh, this is not going ah, to... Shut up, you idiot. Good Lord. Is she not an idiot? No, she's an idiot. I mean, I've got stuff here. This guy, Ben Cardin from Maryland... Congratulations, Marilyn. You've elected one of the stupidest clowns in Maryland to the Senate. Now, there's a lot of stupid clowns in Maryland. You have all these radical Dems. Why would Ben Cardin, of all people, wants to accelerate getting off fossil fuels? I hope you people in Maryland understand what that means every time you fill up your car. That you have a nitwit... As a senator, you have two nitwits as a senator, but we've come to expect that out of Maryland. Look at your governor, Larry Hogan. I liked his father, Congressman Hogan. Congressman Hogan was a stand-up tough guy. Look at Larry. Larry. Look at Larry. Larry wants to take on Trump for the president. In other words, Larry wants to draw attention to himself. Like, uh, like Chris Christie and uh, Kasich. The three of them. The Three Stooges. We got Three Stooges everywhere. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I have in front of me from Just the News. COVID survivors with natural immunity at low risk for reinfection or severe symptoms, study says. Will this be on Twitter? Oh, they have a new head of Twitter, by the way. A more radical American Marxist than the guy who's stepping down. So the tyranny and the, and the autocratic rules that Twitter has been spreading will only get worse. Why don't you do what I did and resign from Twitter? Join me a getter or a parlor. And resigned from Facebook. Reinfections had 90% lower odds of resulting in hospitalization or death. Where did this come from? Some kook? Berenson? Who did it come from? The New England Journal of Medicine study found. The New England Journal of Medicine? 
You heard me right. Patients who survived COVID-19 have such strong natural immunity that their chance of reinfection or serious side effects is minimal, according to a new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And that tracks with a massive study that was done by the state of Israel. Now, what studies has uh, Dr. Fauci conducted? Well, listen, uh, none. There's nothing on their damn website about natural immunity. How many times have I told you over the course of months I've looked? Nothing. The study conducted, except the head of the CDC. Well, they put out fake information, fake data about natural immunity. That our friend Professor Ken Gore ripped to shreds in the American Spectator. The study conducted by researchers in Qatar reviewed global databases for 353,000 coronavirus patients who were infected between February 28, 2020 and April 28, 2021. They excluded about 87,500 people who were vaccinated and found of the remaining population only 1,304 got reinfected with none, none, yellow, zero, requiring ICU hospitalization. I believe that's what's taking place in Florida right now. The governor focused heavily on senior citizens for the vaccines. They made the vaccines available, but even more than the vaccines, the therapeutics. Because he said, we can treat this. And once people actually get it, the science shows that they're far, they're in a far stronger position than people who get the vaccine. I'm just telling you what the science actually is, ladies and gentlemen. Not what Fauci says. Excuse me. This is the New England Journal of Medicine. Quote, reinfections had 90% lower odds of resulting in hospitalization or death than primary infections, the researchers said. Reinfections were rare, were generally mild, perhaps because of the primed immune system after primary infection. Of course that's why. It's called herd immunity. None of us ever heard of herd immunity before. Until real scientists at Stanford and Yale and Oxford, Rockefeller College, real scientists started to come out and say, wait a minute, what about herd immunity? Never heard of herd immunity from Fauci? Goes on the study. Accordingly, for a person who has already had a primary infection, the risk of having a severe reinfection is only approximately 1% of the risk of a previously uninfected person having a severe primary infection. Now, the researchers said it still needs to be determined whether such protection against severe disease at reinfection lasts for a longer period. So they don't know how long it lasts. But they know it's a stronger immunity, if you will, than from a vaccine. But such a finding could be significant, the researchers suggested, because it could mean COVID-19 could eventually adopt a more benign pattern of infection when it becomes endemic. And you know what the answer for Fauci was? No, 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 we have the variants like the, uh, like the Macron variant. It's not the Macron variant, dummy. It's the Omicron variant, which has, quote, very mild, unquote, symptoms, says the doctor who discovered it. Very mild symptoms. So, folks, don't run to the store and buy a bunch of toilet paper. You're going to be just fine. Instead... You want a protection? Go to Barnes & Noble and buy American Marxism. How about that? And they had it 50% off this weekend.
here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. For decades, I think even as a young kid, when I would walk into the supermarket or someplace, and there were the these individuals in these special outfits with the special hats with a bucket, a red bucket, the Salvation Army. A, a uh, Protestant Christian organization doing great works, and I figured they're among the least controversial of the organizations out there. I've never heard anything negative or political from them. And so I don't need the government to tell me to redistribute wealth. When they're out there, if I go into a store, I'll always put a $20 bill in there, or come in, put a $20, whatever it is. Same with the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scout, whatever. But these institutions are dying. Not all the boys and girls in the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and their parents, many of them are so earnest. And not all the people ringing the bells for the Salvation Army. But the Salvation Army now as an institution has been corrupted. Great site trending politics, but this is really everywhere. Eric Thompson... Salvation Army wants white donors to offer a sincere apology for systemic racism. What was founded in 1865 in London, England, is both a Protestant Christian church and an international charitable organization. The Salvation Army has now embraced critical race theory. Its first red kettle was set up in Oakland, California in 1861. Imagine setting it up in Oakland, California today. Would they live? And since then, millions of people have dropped coins and bills into their kettles while a smiling person repeating Merry Christmas rings a handbell perpetually. But this group, like many others who have drifted away from the sole purpose of advancing the gospel, is now embracing racist ideology peddled by anti-white activists, including Ibram Kendi. The organization is embracing the ideas of Black Lives Matter, an activist group, not just an activist group, a Marxist group deemed as domestic terrorists by some who are working to dismantle white privilege, quote-unquote, and, quote, disrupt the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure, unquote. As I keep saying, and in American Marxism, this whole trans movement, it's not about individuals, it's a movement, is, is aimed at destroying the nuclear family, among other movements. The Salvation Army's leadership team just created a, quote, International Social Justice Commission, unquote, which has developed and released a resource to educate its white donors, volunteers, and employees called Let's Talk About Racism. It asserts Christianity is institutionally racist, calling for white Christians to repent and offer, quote, a sincere apology, unquote, to blacks for being antagonistic to black people or the culture, values, and interests of the black community. Again, dehumanization of the individual, ladies and gentlemen. We're not all human beings wanting the same things. Deserving respect. So, no, no, no. We're communities. Quote, many have come to believe that we live in a post-racial society, but racism is very real for our brothers and sisters or refuse jobs and housing. If you refused a job or housing because of your race, you have a tremendous 
federal civil rights lawsuit. And you can make millions if you can make your case. Denied basic rights and brutalized and oppressed simply because of the color of their skin, one lesson explains. There's an urgent need for Christians to evaluate racist attitudes and practices in light of our faith and to live faithfully in today's world. Now, in an accompanying study guide on racism, it's called Study Guide on Racism, Salvation Army authors explain all whites are racist, even if they don't realize it. Quote, Sunday school curriculum that only uses white photography and imagery is an example given that perpetuates injustice. It says we must stop denying the existence of individual and systemic institutional racism. They exist and are still at work to keep white Americans in power, the lesson says. Well, I'm done with the uh, Salvation Army. I posted that fact about 72 hours ago. They will not receive a penny from me ever again. And that's too bad because I'm sure they did some charitable good works. And they've since put out another statement that's actually pretty weird. That they're going to assess the situation. I don't need you to assess the situation. If you support critical race theory, you support racism and Marxism. Not Christianity. Not faith. Not morality. How many moral Marxists are there actually? Just think about the genocide. Think about the poverty. North Korea, the little inbred, is sentenced to death by firing squad an individual who dared to buy some kind of game and apparently sold it or shared it with little school children. Not little school children, I guess they're in their upper teens. They've been sentenced, most of them, to 10 years hard labor for daring to play the game. And he's been sentenced to death. Maybe the Salvation Army really ought to learn about what it's pushing here. If there are people out there, folks, and I mean this in all seriousness. If there are people out there who do not understand what's going on, do not understand this threat. It is beyond my expectations that Amazon would slice the price of American Marxism by half, from $28 retail to $14 on sale right now. And I want to thank Barnes & Noble, which did the same thing. And their sales went up 120%, I'm told, over the weekend. They did it over the weekend. They should do it every day right through Christmas. And so should Amazon, but I don't know if they will. These things tend to be temporary. So I don't know what else to do but to encourage you over the microphone in front of the television click lights. Get your copies of American Marxism. Many of you have it. Most of you may have it. But I'll bet most of your relatives and friends do not. This is still a battle. Just because we won Virginia doesn't mean we've won the culture war. Hardly. And that's what bothers me about establishment Republican politicians. That's what they point to and they think it's a victory even though they had nothing to do with it. It is a victory in a battle. One battle. The media are still corrupt. Academia is still corrupt. The Democrat Party is still corrupt. They're still pushing this poison, this trash, this racism, this Marxism in classrooms across the country. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. Breitbart, read this piece. Armed agents in Texas school district arrest concerned parents in their homes. They went to the homes of two of them, one of whom is a, uh, is a vet. Claim they were a threat. They're not a threat. And they arrested them in their homes. 
How about this one from the post-millennial website? California's new educational guidelines say math is racist. Math is racist. Just because the teachers can't teach it in schools that are, that are filled with crime and, and so forth, doesn't mean math is racist. How is math racist anymore? How is a pencil racist? How is a car racist? Math is a subject. So in California, new educational guidelines say math is racist. Armed agents in Texas school district arrested concerned parents in their own homes. We're at war. This is a culture war, as well as a political war. They're tied at the hip, but you can't fight one without fighting the other. (coughs) Virginia didn't end this war. Virginia was one battle. One battle. Like the Civil War, World War II, or World War I, what have you. Except we're not violent. The other side is violent. Except we don't use the state. They use the state. They use the long arm. We don't. And the iron fist. But we need more and more people who are aware of this. And there's no better time than now. If, it's, if, if Amazon, who's no friend of ours... Gave $100 million to, for the Obama, whatever the hell it is. If Amazon's going to cut the price by 50%, and it's their cost that they're slashing into, shouldn't we take advantage of it? Shouldn't we cloward and piven them? They're not going to expect it. If you folks pour into Amazon tonight and order American Marxism at 50% off, it's a loss leader for them. Good! We spread the word, plus it's a loss leader for them. If you don't want to read it, you can get the audio version. If you don't like a hardcover in your hands like I do, you can obviously get the ebook. Whatever it is, we have it on every platform. And I'm pressing the publisher now who's really been terrific, absolutely terrific. <clears throat> I know people trash them and all, but they've been terrific for me and with me. Very team oriented. We're going to put out. It'll take about a year, but we're going to put it out in Spanish. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? We want to reach as many people as possible. So I want to encourage you, even while you're listening to the program, go to Amazon, get it at 50% off before they switch the, you know, flip the switch, and all of a sudden it's not 50% off. It happens, trust me, I've been through this now nine times. It's the perfect gift. Because it can have an effect. You're the Paul Revere's. This is the pamphlet, if you will. Others don't even acknowledge it. They don't want to acknowledge it. It's okay. I'm not working for them or through them. This is the pamphlet. You're going to carry the pamphlet. You're going to give it out. You're going to make sure the word is heard. You're not on TV. You're not on radio. You don't have a podcast. But you're going to, you do the work that other people won't do. We've managed to do this, you and I, us together. This fantastic audience. It comes out of the radio audience, you folks, this fantastic audience. You've managed to make this the number one book in all of America, fiction or nonfiction, for 2021. That means a hell of a lot of people are reading this or listening to this. They could be rocket scientists. They could be running the fryer at McDonald's. I've heard from everybody. 
Everybody, all walks of life, all backgrounds, because we're Americans who love this country. We love our country. It's really that simple. But we need to know the enemy, and they are the enemy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This, uh, this Build Back Better bill, Triple B, has nothing to do with building back or better, that's for sure. That's absolutely what it is. It should be the MM bill, more Marxism. Now, people keep finding things in this bill that are a disaster. Over at Red... Well, before we go to what I want to talk about here, our buddy... Chip Roy has called in. He sent me a text. I told him to call in. A wonderful congressman from Texas. Chip, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving. I did. I hope you did, too. Now, explain that you, you text me about two things that, that, that drew my immediate attention. Tell America what's going on. Yeah, well, this week uh, we've got two big bills that are going to be coming up. The National Defense Authorization Act, which, of course, is important for funding and, and authorizing our defense. But in it is a new provision that we've never had before, a provision that would add women to the draft. The second thing that's up is the continuing resolution All right, let's slow down on that one. Government. Let, hold on, let's do that one first. Okay. Add women to the draft. You know, Chip, I'm, I'm older than you, and I remember when actually we would have a national discussion about these things before people could slip this crap into these bills. Now, who put it in well, the bill? Do we know, and did any Republicans vote for it? Well, this is the exact point, right? The National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, passed out of the House of Representatives with two-thirds, two-thirds mark of Republicans voting for it with a provision in it that included drafting women, also a provision that had red flag laws in it to go after guns of our service members, as well as all sorts of garbage for climate, you know, training and, 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 and diversity stuff. But importantly, drafting our daughters for the first time in history. And so a lot of us have raised that issue. It's gone over to the Senate, and they're about to vote on it. They voted on cloture tonight. Now, good news, they actually denied cloture. Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans denied cloture tonight. So I think there's a debate on the on other amendments to the bill. So I'm trying to elevate, and I wrote a letter to Mitch McConnell and to Kevin McCarthy, saying the official position of Republicans should be that under no circumstances should we vote for the National Defense Authorization Act if it continues to include this provision to draft women, or at least doesn't at least get rid of the draft. My first position is just don't draft women. But if you're going to do that, then just abolish the draft. So I think Republicans should take that position. I think it's a clarifying position. Getting any uh, Senate Republicans taking a lead on this? Well, I think there's a few who understand how it's important. None of them, I think, have taken a, you know, a position and put a letter out. But I do know that tonight, at least... For some reason, McConnell slowed it down. So our job is to force this question. And we still can. America needs to wake up. I think people are like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. Women have served who, honorably. Who, yes, is, the, who is the ranking Republican on the Armed Services Senate side? Do you know? Oh, my gosh. Is it Inhofe still? I don't know. Jim Inhofe certainly is, is a key player in this, and he should fight it. And it's Mike Rogers from Alabama in the House. And he, he's been terrible. He's been arm-twisting, encouraging Republicans to vote for it. 
even though he's, oh, he says, oh, don't worry, we'll get rid of it in the future. Mike Mark, Rogers? You know, how rich you, you know how rich we would be? Hold on now, Mike Rogers is, that? Chip, Mike, I got a couple of quid. Mike Rogers is from Alabama? Yes, sir. I never heard of him before. Yeah, he's the ranking member of armed services in the House, and he's t- arm-twisting people to support it, saying he'll kick them off committee if they don't uh, support this miserable bill. They allow the, the radical left to, to add these things to these crucial bills, uh, yep. so Republicans are afraid to vote against them. They'll be said to be against defense. Why? Is it because they're inarticulate? They don't know how to explain uh, what the problem well, is the here? Thing, you you are. You're able to explain it. it. Right, and no, no, com- no, no person would absolutely believe that any Republican say, oh, yeah, I'm against defense. Are you out of your mind? Of course I'm for defense. Mm-hmm. I want a strong defense, used sparingly. But I don't want to have my 10-year-old daughter have to register for selective service in eight years so some incompetent rube like Biden can do what they just did in Afghanistan or have my daughter sitting in a damn foxhole because these you know, incompetent losers want to allow our daughters to be drafted. It seems to me uh, way too many people have bought into this idea that there's no difference between a boy and a girl, a man and a woman, that sexes aren't binary, and this is more of that crap, and it's going to weaken our military. You know, if women want to join and so forth, that's, that's one thing, uh, yep. but, but to draft women into the... I, I, I think my audience is going to be shocked by this, so just, just sit still a second, Chip. All right, uh, Levinites, we need a surge. I'm sorry it's in the third hour. I'm sorry it's late like this. We need a surge. I want everybody to call McConnell's office, Mr. Producer. Let's get his number in Washington. Yep. Make sure it's not the number, you know, the, uh, the steak sandwich place down the street. Make sure it's his actual number. When we return after the break, I will give you that number, folks. We need a surge that, unfortunately, either the Senate takes this out of the bill or kills the bill, and they start it over again. I want you to hang on, Chip. You had another issue, too. But I'm quite serious about this. They don't get to just slip this crap. And I don't know who the hell Mike Rogers is. You want to call Mike Rogers? Call in now. Be happy to debate you on this. We'll be right back. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. We are in an official Levin surge, which we do rarely. But I think this is very important. Apparently, some guy named Mike Rogers, the ranking Republican on the Armed Services or the equivalent committee in the House, strong-armed, among others, uh, in the leadership to vote for this. With this bill that includes, uh, to me, poison pills, including uh, adding women to the draft. Now, by women, we mean young women. Your daughter. So you mothers and fathers out there, you rose up before, we need you to rise up again. The Republican Party is adopting an American Marxist ideology in this. No, we don't need to draft women. It hasn't come to that. Now, if you're female and you're serving in the military, I want to thank you. You did so voluntarily. That's not what I'm talking about. So I want to strongly encourage you to contact Mitch McConnell's office and be civil. Civil. That number is 202-224-2541. 
202-224-2541. I would ask that you overwhelm in terms of the calls that are made, as many as possible. If it's busy, call again. Call tomorrow. And the message is simple. Do not pass the National Defense Authorization Act as long as it includes women in the draft. Period. Anybody who votes for that, we will vote against. That's the National Defense Authorization Act. Unfortunately, the Democrats and the rhinos have hijacked it. And we're not going to allow them to use it to destroy our families and destroy our way of life. I don't care what the left thinks. This isn't about equality or equity when it comes to fighting wars. It's about winning wars and it's about protecting certain people in our society. That's the way I view it. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but old-fashioned goes back thousands of years. So, respectfully say, I, I expect and insist that the Republicans in the Senate oppose the National Defense Authorization Act as long as it includes a provision to add women in the draft. And those women would include my daughter, you can say, or my granddaughter. It's not tolerable, folks. And uh, now that we know about it, thanks to Chip, uh, unfortunately, it's the 11th hour, but we have to move quickly. It's not that hard to make a phone call. 202-224-2541. If it's busy, call into the night. Call in the morning. Leave a voicemail. If they ask you if you're from Kentucky, I would say, uh, last time I checked, Kentucky's part of the United States, and the draft involves the United States. Last time I checked... He's the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, not just a senator from Kentucky. So I expect my message to be passed to him. What they're going to do is count heads. So this is a big issue. We must press it. Chip Roy, personal friend, former chief of staff to Ted Cruz, congressman from Texas. So, Chip Roy, there's another issue. Tell us about that. There is, Mark. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and the issue we just talked about, obviously, is personal to all of us. I have a daughter, all of us who care about it. But we also care about these absurd vaccine mandates. And so the, the, the next issue that is a live grenade this week, while we wait on the courts to try to step in and block the unconstitutional, unlawful, or foolhardy uh, mandates that the Biden administration are putting in place that are killing jobs, forcing defense people to decide whether they're going to have to leave in order for, to protect their own health, Republicans should not vote for a continuing resolution or any other funding mechanism this week when the funding for the government expires on December 3rd. No Republican, House or Senate, should vote to fund that as long as these mandates are in place. Now, there might be other reasons to oppose funding government, and I reserve the right to vote no for other reasons, but no Republican, not one, Senator House, should do that. And guess what? In the Senate... As you know, and as your listeners, because they're smart, know, it takes 60 to get the funding mechanism through. So if 41 Republican senators say, you know what, we're not going to fund government as long as these Dr. Fauci-inspired, unlawful, unconstitutional, tyrannical mandates are in place, we're not going to fund government. That's the bare minimum we should expect out of Republicans heading into the 2022 cycle. So that's the two fights this week. Stop the NDAA from drafting our daughters and stop funding government that's going to fund tyranny. Why do we fund tyranny? I want want my audience to know and to underscore a point. 
The reason Biden has tried to use OSHA to impose this mandate on the American people is because they're looking for anything to hang their hat on, and that's not going to work. There is no constitutional or legal authority for this. So what Chip is saying is, are we actually going to have Republicans voting to give the executive branch authority to do this? Right. Again, because they stuff it into a spending bill that they will make legal what today is illegal? That's the question. And And apparently a lot of them are going to do that, Chip Roy. And and why would we fund government? Because even if the courts do the right thing, and I think they probably will here because it's so Uh obviously unconstitutional. Oh, the OSHA rule. But they still, the, the technically, they have the power, not putting aside First Amendment religious liberty uh, you know, protections, they have the power to tell defense employees or Border Patrol or DEA employees that they have to do it. But what do you tell the father in my district, Mark, a constituent, who came to me basically in tears because his son, about whom he's proud, who has served for 13 years in the Army and believes that taking the shot risks a heart condition for him, mm-hmm. and they're telling him he's going to have to be discharged, that is unconscionable. It's wrong. And so we should not fund a government that's doing this. And by the way, we're funding it while DOD is still pumping out all this stupid climate garbage and all this diversity stuff. But yeah. we're really going to fund a government to go after and tell the American people they have to get a vaccine. All right, let me do it this way. Whether they're a federal employee or a worker. Any funding in here to continue the wall building? No, of course not. Basically, none none of our priorities, none of our priorities are in this bill. That's right. Just the Republicans are scared there might be a temporary shutdown. Correct. And here's the thing. They, They run away from it. Even though, by the way, when we did that in the 95 effort, we actually did well in 96 mm-hmm. because the people saw us fighting. And so we should stand up and fight now. Ronald Reagan shut down the government. He shut it down several times to get what he wanted to get. And he won by two massive landslides last time I checked. And you're exactly right. Remember Ted, Cru- Remember Ted Cruz led that filibuster and the next election we picked up seats. And I worked for Ted Cruz then, and every one of these establishment idiots who want to sell us down the river now are the ones opposing us. Look, Donald Trump was popular and is popular today because he fought this town. He fought the establishment. He didn't accept the status quo. He took it to him, and that's what the American people want. They want us to fight. Mm-hmm. be amazing if Republicans participate in this, but I don't trust them. I don't trust, particularly in the Senate, I don't trust them. I don't either. And I, and right. I want them to stand up yeah. for the right reasons and to, and to message it and explain to the American people that we should not accept the tyranny. Why do we fund tyranny? It's not just the vaccine mandate. It's teaching our kids that America's evil. It's teaching our it's, – it's funding, you know, a, a, a uh, Department of Homeland Security that won't actually secure the border. Why do we fund IRS agents to go after I agree. people? Uh, yeah, 100%. You know? I would vote no on everything. That's just me. Everything. Yes, Chip Roy, thank you, my friend. Keep up the fight. And when it gets closer to election, I want to have you back because we need to help you. Well, let's come on anytime. God bless you. God bless your beautiful family. All right. You too, brother. Take care of yourself. It's unbelievable, isn't it, folks? Yes, it is. Uh, And he shouldn't be among a few who bring these issues up. You know, the Freedom Caucus is a great organization. It's a great organization. Uh, They need to get in front of this. This guy, Jim Banks, who runs the Republican Study Committee, at least he did, they need to get in front of this, too. Uh, Our usual favorites, Jim Jordan and others, we need to hear from them on this.
there's times if the if the leadership supports this sort of things, there's times when you just have to break from it. Nothing personal. You just have to break from it. So uh, the conservatives in the House and in the Senate need to start standing up to this stuff. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. See, here's the truth, folks. We come to this battle with one arm tied behind our back. Because the institution of the Republican Party is not what it was when Abraham Lincoln was president, or Ulysses S. Grant was president, or even when Ronald Reagan was president that recently. It's not what it was. So we come to this battle with one arm tied behind our back, where the others have their fangs out, fire coming out of their nose, Uh, I'm talking about the Democrats and their leadership. 24-7, this American Marxism movement is on. But we have Republicans leading committees, like this guy Mike Rogers. Don't worry about the draft language of women in the bill. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Republicans don't want to shut down the government, whatever that means, which is really nothing. So they'll vote to give Biden the power to mandate, which, whatever you think about vaccines, the Constitution does not authorize the executive branch or any branch of the federal government to do that. That's a police power that belongs to the states and always has. We are, we are destroying this society by allowing these American Marxists to do what they're doing. This is why I say Virginia was one battle. New Jersey was one battle. Can't say yay, yay. And, and the Republicans in Washington from the head of the RNC, I heard her the other day and others, basically trying to take credit. We're, we're a team. We're more coordinated. It had nothing to do with this. You folks are the problem. You're the problem. And we have had to fight these people. Left and right. Whether it was Boehner, Paul Ryan, we've had to fight these people. And through the whole time, there's Mitch McConnell, the one common thread. The one common thread. Then we have these never-Trumpers who, who leaked to the New York Times when the claim to resign from Fox. What is that crap? When I resigned from the National Review, I didn't run to the New York Times and say, hey, look at me, I'm, re- I'm resigning from the National Review. <clears throat> Nobody even cares who those two guys are, quite frankly. They don't see what's swirling around in this country. They think the danger is Donald Trump. This is how unhinged and obsessed they are. Just a sober look at what Trump did as president of the United States. Oh, they'll keep pointing to January 6th. Trump didn't do January 6th. You know, I could be one of them. I could talk like they do. Did more people die as a result of 
what Dick Cheney was pushing or Donald Trump on January 6th, who didn't do anything. I mean, we can play these games, but I don't want to play these games. I don't want to. By the way, the, the, the newly elected uh, leader of the Freedom Caucus is Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, I've gotten to know somewhat, is fantastic. So, of course, the Philadelphia Inquirer says he's controversial. Controversial is the Philadelphia Inquirer. You folks, most of you, obviously, are not from Philadelphia. It's a big country. But those of us who are from Philly, those of you who live in Philly, you know how rotten to the core the Philadelphia Inquirer is. Even their sports page sucks. Their sports section. Even their obituaries suck. You think the New York Times is radical? It is. You think the Washington Post is radical? It is. You think the LA Times is It is. But nothing, nothing. The Boston Globe compares to the Philadelphia Inquirer. What a crap newspaper that is. I remember when we had the Philadelphia Bulletin. That was a real newspaper. I remember Washington when we had the Washington Star. That was a real newspaper. At least in New York, they have the New York Post. Quite frankly. I assume the Boston Herald's still around. Don't hear much from it. It would be nice if the Senate Republicans had a freedom agenda. What is the freedom agenda? I'm not aware of any. You know, we deliver the Tea Party movement, of which all of us, most of us, were a part. We delivered them the House, and Boehner turns on us. We nearly delivered them the Senate, and McConnell says, Well, we might have won the Senate. What an idiot! Idiot! We had 31 governorships. An overwhelming majority of the state legislatures. The Democrats have never seen a trouncing like this. It was 2010, two years after Obama was in office. And they attacked us. We will not stand for that this time. I can tell you that right now. I won't. That ain't going to happen. You take that damn clause about drafting women in the military out of that damn bill, or you kill it. And we're going to be watching it carefully. Grab your copies of American Marxism. 